told my wife, as soon as we get to the airport, ma'am, which plane uh, is going to such such? And as soon as they're pointed, I'm gonna look at the crew. Behold, <laughs> the airship that has been chosen by God to carry his kings and queens to destiny. I'm gonna say it in front of everybody. Hey, you know what the cool thing that happened the first time I went? The first time that I went, uh, when the plane dropped down, um, I didn't realize how many believers were on the plane. And so, you know, so the plane dropped down, and as soon as it dropped down, an old lady said, um, hold on, hold on, let me write what did she say? Oh, she said, ha, you heard her across the plane, hallelujah. And the whole plane said, praise the Lord. I was like, oh, oh, there's something on this airship. There's something on this rocket ship. Man, I was like, oh, yeah, I think we headed towards some destiny moments. So I mean, I'll never forget that. That plane touched down, you know, it does that little shake, you know, boom. And I heard her said, hallelujah. And the whole plane, praise the Lord. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm in a place that's safer than the right house right now. Okay, so, so, uh, but with that, um, it's always, uh, I don't have to be nervous, but I don't necessarily like when the Lord just starts talking to me about something out the clear blue, especially when he starts bringing up the subject of war. <laughs> it just, just out the clear blue. And he just, I don't even know, the Holy Spirit, he just started talking. He doesn't say, excuse me, you know, anything like that. He just, I mean, you, you can be driving, you can be exercising, you can take a shot, whatever. You can be cooking. He just started talking. You, how many of you, you have been talking to someone else and he started talking? He does not care. When it's time for him to talk, hey, you tell him you got to call him back. Um, and so his first statement was, the Bible above many other things is simply a book of war. He'll start by making a statement like that. The Bible is a book of war. And, and this was coming to me at different times during the day. So it didn't matter what I was doing. It was coming, at to, me, coming to me at the most inopportune moments. And so I'm just, I'm having to carry my phone. I'm just like, it's feeding this. And begin explaining to me that from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is a book of warfare tactics to be waged against an army that does not sleep and cannot be seen with the physical eye. And then told me this. He said, the Bible starts with the ending of a war. <laughs> and then it ends with another ending of a war. And when you read the Bible, when you actually pay attention to the Bible, the whole thing is a book of war. It's a book of love, but it's actually a, it's a, it's a story about a war about a father trying to rescue his children. And so um, the opening scene in Genesis starts at the end of a war. And so we're going to look at that. So I'm going to do two teachings. Don't worry. You're not going to be here all night. Okay. I got stuff I got to do. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to give a general thing about war. And then there's one point that I'm going to show you that I think is going to help you. Not think. It'll help you for the rest of life. That one point was probably revealed to me now because I needed to understand it in order to back off four armies at the same time that were all centered on me. It's all centered on me. Okay. 
And, and let me say that. You'd be surprised when the enemy has tried to really get you to fall into something, no matter what it is, it takes a large amount of them sometimes to do it if you're strong. Some of you have fought maybe 100 of them at the same time you didn't know. Okay, sometimes more. Okay. <clears throat> Revelation 12, 7 through 9. We're going to tell it in the form of a story because the revelations and the stories are like secrets, like an Easter egg hunt. They'll tell you there are 12 eggs out there, but they're not in the same place. You got to hunt for it, and they can be in strange places. Okay? Revelation 12, 7 through 9, it says there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels, and the dragon lost the battle. And he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent, called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all of his angels. So you see here, scripture says there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And um, um, yeah, Revelation 12, 3 through 4. You keep going. Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. Remember, in order to tell the story, I have to pull pieces to put it together. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads and ten horns with seven crowns on his heads. And his tail swept away one third of the angels in the sky. And he threw them down to the earth. There it is again. You see Satan kicked out of heaven. This scripture shows that one out of every three angels that exist fell with him. Threw them down to the earth. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. That's some other stuff that has to do with the Jewish nation. Luke 10, 17. When the 72, now remember, we just read two scriptures about a war in heaven and Satan got kicked down to earth, which means that happened before Genesis because when Adam was created, Satan was already in the garden on planet earth. So it could not have happened after Adam was born. Hence again, most preachers are wrong when they say the planet, I understand that they created a whole creation museum that's wrong. I did not say the man is not holy and that he is a man that does not have character or anything. I'm just simply saying about that one point, he spent a whole bunch of money about something that's wrong. The planet Earth is not 6,000 years old. It's not. If it is only 6,000 years old and it, the Earth, not the worldly system that is in the Earth, if the Earth only started 6,000 years ago, then where... After Adam was born, do you see Satan and his army being kicked out of heaven and being thrown down to the planet? And You don't, because it happened before Adam was born. Who? Luke 10, 17. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to Jesus, Lord, even the devils or demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. So there you have Jesus confirming, see, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Okay, so boom. Now, before Adam and Eve were created, there was some type of world here that existed. This is where the cavemen, cavemen were men, but they were not men made in the image of God. That's why they were not intelligent the way we are. This is where the dinosaurs reigned. This is where who knows what else was down there. Mosquitoes, I guess, the size of this building, all of that type of stuff that they show us. And then when you went to school, they said there was some significant event that happened. And they said something hit planet Earth and tore up everything and blocked out the sun. Yes, that was the end stage of the war between Satan and God. 
when it was over, it ended by all of them being smacked down to the earth. And Jesus told the disciples, I was there watching them. And they fell so fast, it would be like a lightning strike. Y'all with me? So Genesis 1-1, what we'll put up now, Genesis 1, 1 through 2, starts with, let me just do this first. I just realized I messed up something. But that's okay. We're going to keep going. Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That scripture is talking about when he created the earth before it was destroyed. Because in the beginning, Adam and Eve were in the beginning. That was a continuation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But then, see, the scripture always does this. The scripture will read one verse and then the next verse will jump 100 light years on you. And they don't tell you that they jumped 100 light years on you. But all of a sudden, we know that in verse 2, it says the earth was formless. But if you create, how many know you can't create something that's formless? It says that it was empty, but you can't create something that's empty. And darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Why? Genesis 1-1 is when he first created the earth. Genesis 1-2 is the end of the war between God and Satan after he created planet earth and so Genesis the whole Bible starts and it picks up from when the planet was destroyed after a war and then you know the whole story Satan immediately deceives Adam and Eve actually the Bible says Eve was deceived but Adam was not because he was standing there watching his wife to see if she was going to die but then when you go back and read that carefully once they did that, if you go back and read it carefully, God actually declared war on Satan right then. And you, how many know when you read the Old Testament, it's just war. You get tired of being, read, reading about people getting killed. War after 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 war. And the reason why the Old Testament talks so much about war after war after war after war, because it was actually a natural example of the spiritual war we would enter in in the New Testament. That's why the wars never ceased in the Old Testament because they would never cease in the New Testament. The Bible says in the New Testament, it says the Old Testament is written for your learning. Y'all with me? Now, here's a very interesting scripture that God does this a lot. He'll be talking about, how many know that in, in Psalms, uh, David will be writing a psalm and then all of a sudden you realize that he's talking about Jesus. He just, you're like, he's talking about the son of God. And then it's like he switched back to his subject. Well, the Lord does that all over the place in scripture. That's why the Bible is a book of puzzles and secrets. And so here, now remember, we read in Genesis that it says that the earth was formless, it was empty, and it was void, right? God gave Jeremiah a vision of it. Jeremiah has a vision and he said, I looked at the earth and it was empty and formless, just like Genesis 1-2 said. I looked at the heavens, because you know this did not happen after Adam, right? I looked at the heavens, and there was no light. Just like the scripture says, darkness was over the face of the deep. I looked at, now he gives more detail. I looked at the mountains and hills, and they trembled and shook. I looked, and all the people were gone. All, that didn't even happen in Noah's day, it was still eight. All the people were gone. All the birds of the sky had flown away. 
I looked and the fertile fields have become a wilderness. The towns lay in ruins, crushed by the Lord's fierce anger. Why? The Lord was so angry at Satan. I don't know. I guess, I mean, no, you get real angry. You forgot that you were tearing up your own car. You, you understand what I'm saying? And the Lord was, he was, he was hot. He was in full wrath and threw, Bible says you can't even count the angels, but one out of three got thrown out. Do you, I don't even know what that looks like. They just got thrown out and, and the planet ended up being torn up because of God's anger at Satan. You saw that. Okay. First John three, seven through eight. Delight, this is the Passion Translation, delightfully loved children, don't let anyone divert you from this truth. The person who keeps doing what is right proves that he is righteous before God, even as the Messiah is righteous. But the one who indulges in a sinful life is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God was revealed was not for you to go to church. The reason the Son of God was revealed was to undo and destroy the works of the devil. War. That's his main purpose. My main purpose was to fight this fool and destroy him and destroy what he built. Because how many of you know, whenever you go to war with somebody, you always destroy what they built. Hey, Y'all still with me? Okay. What's very interesting is, you ever heard the term war games? You ever heard the term war exercise? Okay, in case you didn't know that most what we call superpowers that I'll explain in a moment, most superpowers always have what you call war exercises or they play war games because they also understand that it's a war but it's also a game. So the Bible is a book of rules, but it's also a game. The rules are not for God to control people, they are rules of engagement for winning a war. 2 Timothy 2, 3 through 5, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. That's a whole teaching right there. For then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. Okay. So there are rules of engagement when it comes to this war. Okay. Let me say something. Now, granted, Nigeria is a completely different place. I mean, you walk down the street for 10 minutes, and it's not an exaggeration that you might easily run into, you know, 150,000 people. That's not an exaggeration. It's the most, they call it the, the new China. It's one of the most densely populated places on planet Earth. So you have to have some perspective here. But perspective or not, I did not appreciate Bishop Oedipo saying that he and his team got 50,000 people saved since January of this year. I almost told the Lord, I'm not even going over there. I'm not even going. <laughs> I just had to throw that in to let you know, as we turn the church over to full-time evangelism, y'all better get ready. It's one last thing. Just pray for me. Just put it that way. I mean, it's... Let me put it this way. The Bible says, in the last days, there will be a famine for the gospel which means that most places wouldn't be teaching the truth the way the Lord wanted it to be taught. How many know if there's a real famine, the individuals who have plenty of food are going to have to think really, really big in order to disperse this food around the world because they're the only ones with food. You understand what I'm saying? So there's, there's, a, there's a switch 
And, and I, I got to make sure, my, that's my main prayer, Lord, am I, am I going to pull this the right way? It's very important for me to, <laughs> something this big we can really do, it's important for me to pull it the way the Lord wants me to pull it. You know, if he wants the thing to be in gear two, I don't want to put it in gear four. And um, because what's in my mind doesn't mean that it's what's in my mind is of God. You know, even if it's big. Revelation chapter 20. Oh, when the thousand years come to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison. He will go out to deceive the nations called Gog and Magog in every corner of the earth. He will gather them together for battle, a mighty army as numberless as the sand along the seashore. And I saw them as they went up the broad plain of the earth and surrounded God's people and the beloved city. <clears throat> Excuse me. But fire from heaven came down on the attacking armies and consumed them. God always lets the devil come to your doorstep first to think that he went in. Then he destroys them. Always remember that. You get too shaky because stuff is getting worse. It's supposed to get worse. That's the Lord tricking him. Okay. That <sighs> then the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. There they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. The earth and sky fled from his presence, and they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were open, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead. And all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Okay. Say, don't let that be me. Okay. I was listening to Sadhu, the Indian man. He was talking about the four types of people that are in hell. Okay. And I was like, mm -mm, no matter how many types, I'm not going to be one of those types. <laughs> I'm doing whatever it takes. Ugh. <laughs> okay, so here you see though, now remember, okay, it's interesting that before Genesis um, 1, 2, Genesis 1, 2, so in other words, the Bible starts with a war and it ends with a war, with wars in between. Starts with a war, it ends with a war, and then when the war ends, everybody in planet Earth is judged according to how they war fared. Everything has to do with war. Okay, so, you know what? I'm going to share this. How many know that God is way beyond your tolerance level of thinking? You know, just because you, just because you think the, the buck stops here doesn't mean it stops there. You know, just because you think that, that it's nine rounds doesn't mean it's just nine rounds. You know, and just because, just because you don't think that there are other life forms in other dimensions doesn't mean they're not out there. You understand what I'm saying? So there are times when you hear something and it's just like, ooh, Sato said something that was so interesting and powerful and deep. And he said, for the people that are in hell, he said, it was revealed to him. I can't, I think he said the Lord told, yeah, Jesus, he said that Jesus told him this when he was in heaven. Um, he said the Lord told him that for the people that are in hell, he does visit them from time to time. And, and when he visits them, for that moment, they have joy. 
because no darkness and torment or anything can remain in his presence. Okay, so he does show up just for a moment and it gives them a temporary joy and relief and then he leaves and it goes back to the way it was before. Okay, so, you know, that's not in the Bible, but how many of you know the, the Bible is a safety net? Everything that exists is not in the Bible. The Bible just gives you enough information because if it gave you too much, you would be studying the wrong thing. Like I told them Sunday, leave the Dead Sea Scrolls in the cave. I'm not saying you can't study stuff like that. I'm not just wrong, but people, you know, being a reverend, you know, your cousins who don't have read the Bible and go to church, they see me as a reverend and they get convicted, so they walk to me. What are, this is literally what they do. What about them Dead Sea Scrolls? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't fool with dead stuff. I'm reading the living book. What about, what about Maccabees? What are, this is my favorite one. What about the Council of Nicaea? This is all stuff that they have researched that's supposed to make me throw my Bible in the trash. Okay. So, but whatever. They're going to keep on doing what they do. You know, as long as you make excuses, you'll be excused. I don't plan on being excused. I plan on being invited. Okay. So you see that. It's very important as I make this last point. Ephesians 6.2. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, mighty powers in this dark world, evil spirits in the heavenly places. So these individuals that lost the battle with God that we are now fighting, the scripture puts them in these particular categories. Okay. Evil rulers, authorities, mighty powers, and evil spirits. The evil spirits are the ones of the lowest rank. Okay, and typically, typically when you are, when we're casting out demons, we are dealing more with the majority of them are evil spirits. And there have been a couple of times where we have dealt with uh, more of the mighty powers. This is a ranking thing. Okay, Miss possibility, maybe we dealt with authorities, but rarely do you deal with the highest type. The evil rulers are like the president. They just give him command to go out there and fight <laughs> and get reports back, okay? But I wanna bring something to your attention to try to hone this in more, okay? Most of us remember 9-11. There might be a couple of people in here that maybe, you know, and even if you were not old enough to remember, you know, because of technology, they're able to constantly replay it. And Bush said something that I forgot. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, that I never forgot. Um, he said that the United States has now entered into a new and different type of war that we have never been used to. Because up until then, when men fought wars, it was about brute force. Who had the biggest bomb? Who could, you know, decipher the hidden codes that were being sp spoken through the frequencies? You know, who had the best military might? Who, you know, the biggest guns, the fastest guns, the tactics, the deception. Everything was about tanks and airplanes and bombs and hand-to-hand -hand combat with rifles and snipers and, and all of those things and mines. But this was different. Because with that type of warfare, you could always see the enemy. But this time, he was right amongst you. You didn't know who he was. And at first, they thought they were Arab. But then white men began to do the same thing. And then black men began to do the same thing. And then women began to do the same thing. And this was a different type of war because you didn't know who was the enemy until the bomb went off in the grocery store 
or the person pulled out the weapon and went into the gun, the, the, the school and shot it up. Okay. And so you remember that, you know, and, and so now it has also morphed into something else. Now the original wars have continued along with the terrorism. And now we even have another new type of war called digital war. Where now it's not even about a bomb. A man in any part of the world gets on the computer and can shut down your living room and spy on you, steal 300 million people's credit, all of those things. So as a result of that, the United States had to then create a whole division of the military called, I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's called a cyber team. It's a cyber team. Their whole job is to war against the ones that are trying to shut down our digital world. So much so, whether it's true or not is beyond me and I really don't care. They're even trying to accuse Russia of saying that they were meddling with the elections because now it's turned into a digital war. And so, so the thing that I'm saying is with that is that um, different type of wars are fought different type of ways. And so, you know, when it comes to superpowers, in case, you know, just in case, just giving you a small history lesson, you have superpowers. You know, superpowers today would be considered, um, usually the two dominant superpowers have usually been around the, it's always been the United States, period. Superpowers, the United States, Russia, UK, China, um, I think Italy is in the mix, France, um, those are superpowers. Well, when it comes to superpowers, if they, if you declare war on a superpower, they will wait and defend themselves. But if a superpower declares war on you, they're coming for you. Period. You study war. Anytime a superpower declares war on another country, they don't wait for you to come to them. You better wait for it because they're coming after you. Every time the United States declared war against somebody, including 9-11, <laughs> I remember President Bush stood up like the Statue of Liberty. The people who did is about to hear from us, dog. Because the United States, and let me tell you something, I, you know, I, I personally think that it was the grace because, let me tell you something, if they had a planet that and brought that White House to the ground, I think the United States would have went to war with everybody and just, just killed everybody. Because the White House is the United States' precious jewel. Okay, But either way, we declared war. And whether we did it right and went to the wrong places, that can be debated at a lot of time. But one thing for sure, how many of you know, the United States military went to fight another folk in the Middle East. Just start killing everybody. Okay. So in the spirit, there are two major superpowers, kingdom of light, kingdom of darkness. And so unfortunately, the kingdom of darkness has declared war again on the kingdom of light. The, the kingdom of darkness declared war against the father while he was sitting on the throne in heaven. So that when it came to planet earth, he has declared war on planet earth for 6,000 years. Okay. And so I said all that to say that I put up this one graphic. The main objective of an enemy is to follow a path that allows you to strike at the heart of an enemy. In the military, you see it in movies. They say, we must strike at the heart of the enemy. Okay? It might mean the main foundation base. It might be the power plant that is the heart 
of that military. But they say, we must strike, or you hear him say, we must strike fear in the hearts of the enemy. But they say, we must strike at the heart of the enemy. Because whenever a superpower declares war, follow me, if they declare war on somebody, they're going to follow a particular path. So if they come to you through the air, they're going to follow a particular flight pattern. If they come to you on sea, they're going to follow a particular path on the sea to get to the heart of that military. And if they come to you on land, they're going to go down a particular road, whether it's a real road or it's a road that's charted through the wilderness. They're going to go a particular. Y'all follow me so far? Hey, so. The main agenda of the enemy is to strike at your heart. That's why Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else because it determines the course of your life. The same way that the heart of a military would determine all of its outgoings, all of its functions. Okay? Proverbs 4.23 says, so above all, guard the affections of your heart. In the Passion Translation, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being for from there flows the wellspring of life so y'all got that so the bible said guard your heart okay because the heart is the foundation place where everything happens in your life you may not like your life but you can change it if you change your heart and charge change your mouth so the same way that if i declare war on china we're gonna follow a path land air or sea well, the main path that the enemy follows to get to your heart is the mind. He will never use another path because it's the only path that's available to him. So whenever the enemy is coming, that's why the Bible said, guard your heart. Why? There's a road that leads to your heart that comes from your mind. And so the only road that the enemy can use to get to your heart where everything causes everything to happen, they got to travel the road called your mind. So the next graphic, the mind is so powerful or the mind is a powerful thing because it is connected to your heart and determine what flows from you. Next graphic, the thoughts from a demon, this is very important because when he travels down that road, this is always generally how he will attack you. The thoughts from a demon will always come in the form of first person. In order to convince you, the thought came from you. That's very important. 99% of the time. So he will not, watch this. So if a demon is whispering in your ear, he won't say this. You're getting sick. What he will say is, I'm getting sick. So all you kind of hear subtly is, I'm getting sick. And because you heard yourself say, I'm getting sick, it must be me. Because if it was someone else, they would say, you're getting sick. That's the deception. And what it do is, I'm getting sick. And then they step back to see if you're going to take the thought or cast it down. And that's what you say. Oh, man, I'm feel, I feel like I'm getting sick. I think it's flu season anyway. See that? And then watch this. Then they leave. Okay. Why? Because guess what they did? They, they planted, they came down the road of your mind. They know your mind is connected to your heart. And so all they did to plant it, you took it. And now you take the package all the way down to your heart by saying it. Then you wonder why you're getting sick. 
I might get the virus. Not, you're going to get the virus. I might get the virus. And then when he whispers that in your ear, guess what you have? You have a thought. And they'll wait until you see a commercial on CNN or your or a news program that says another 10,000 people died today from the virus. And when you see that number, they whisper, I might get it. And you have to struggle with that because you saw how many other people got it. So I might get it. Never realizing that the only reason why you're thinking about getting it is because somebody else told you to say that I think I might get it. I might have the virus. I might die from the virus. These are thoughts. These are not words yet. These are thoughts. Yeah, seed. Here's a good one. The Lord told me this today. Guess what? Everybody needs to stop saying from here on in. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Did you ever consider that you're tired because you keep saying you're tired? Guess what somebody will say? Well, that's just human nature. I'm tired because I work 10 hours a day. Work 10 hours a day. The Holy Spirit said something to me on the way here. He said, tell the people they are not tired because of how much they work. They are tired because of how much they work wrong when it comes to their mouth. (laughs) One of the things about, I got rebuked by the driver. This is not an exaggeration. The guy that helps us overseas, he gets two to three hours of sleep a day. He told me if I try to stay awake longer, he said, I'll get sick. I said, but the, that, he said, it's just how we roll. But, you know, see, uh, when I was first over there, let me, this, is t- this is how I talk. I've learned to talk. The Lord has, never mind. We were first over there, and they didn't know me. I didn't know them. So we're kind of going around these little rickety cars so Jerry had someone pick him up and and the door was just almost torn off and it was it was terrible Looked like 15 buses had hit this thing I guess what you would say man now guess what you would say idly man what's what's wrong with your tore up door guess what I heard I was sitting in the back seat listen to him he said what's going on with your wonderful door that's how well they talk they never let a negative word come out of their mouth I'm tired, okay? See, and see what happens is when the scripture says, we're gonna get to it in a second, when the scripture says, cast down every thought and imagination that exhausts itself against the word, show me one scripture in the Bible that said, to say that you're tired because you're tired. You may not even know what the word says about that subject. It says, let the weak say I'm what? You should see all of the scriptures in the Bible where David asked for strength. Oh, y'all looking at me like Reverend has convicted me on today. And he said something very, very scary to the young folk. He told me to tell all of the young people. He said, 90% of the time, he probably said 100, but I just means 90 just in case. I'm probably wrong. I'm going to say it the way he said it before I get in trouble. He said, tell the young people. He said, there's an enemy in their voice that always whispers, I'm tired. And he said, every time you say, I'm tired, I'm tired. He said, no, that it's an enemy that's trying to get you to the level of weakness at 40, that's reserved for 90. You keep saying, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. Here's a good one. You know, I'm not getting any younger. 
But the Bible says he would redeem time. Did the Bible not say that he would renew your youth? So people look at me strange when I say the older I get, the younger I'm getting. See, and, and it's, it's, see, because when it comes to folk that's practicing living right, that's how the devil gets us. It's with these little normal things that we call natural. But when Peter spoke to Satan, what did he say? He said, get away from me. He said, because you're talking about human things. <laughs> yeah, Satan was talking about human things. That's one of the main ways that Satan gets you is trying to get you to be human again. After all, humans get older with time. He didn't tell you to say that, though. He said that I will redeem your life from destruction. You, you got to look at all, but see, you bypass those scriptures because you don't think they apply to you right then. I'm getting deeper in debt. I just feel like a failure. Watch this. A girl walks in the room and the demon whispers in your ear, I don't like her. And you look at her because you don't like her, but you don't know her and you've never met her. You haven't talked to her, but for some reason when she walked in the room, any of you met someone and you didn't like them until you got to know them. And you forgot why you didn't like them in the first place because you never did dislike them. That was planted by somebody else who will always war against you by using first person. Never, you don't like her. I don't like her. He pretends like he is you so that you will think it's you and never blame it on him. And the only way for you to stay on top of that is anything that you think or feel that Jesus did not say about you is them. And the cleaner you live, the more normal stuff they will use. Y'all with me? Am I helping y'all? 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. Oh, Jesus. Sometimes the Holy Spirit, man, all right, I'm going to just say it. <laughs> Lord, always going to have you do or say something you don't want to do. This is for somebody. I'm horny. I don't appreciate the Lord having me say, you can hear, you can hear him just as clear. I'm just as clear. See, I want you to think about that is that someone else made that suggestion in first person and now it's think as you. And so because you think as you, guess what? Your feelings will automatically kick on. Oh God, when you think as you. And because you don't cast it down, now you end up going into a territory with someone watching someone doing something. And it was induced by an individual who warfares against you with a different type of war. Am I keeping it real? Second Corinthians 10, three through five, King James. For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. It, but he did say you're in a war. 
And, and, and we can't keep reading that and then say we're not in a war. If the Bible tells you in a war, you're in a war. It's just a different type of war. And if, even though it's a different type of war and it might be an invisible war, it's a war that has the same or a greater intensity than the wars you watch on CNN and Fox News. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And this is how you warfare. You have to cast down imaginations. Because whatever you imagine, it becomes a movie for all to see. And every high thing, every high thing that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of God. Did he say every thought? Every thought. So you have to really pay attention to what you say. You know why? Because what you're saying, you're probably saying every day. And you can be making yourself old over a period of time and don't even know that it has nothing to do with the body aging. It has to do with your mouth speaking. I'm dead serious. We all know that scientifically, you can look at a plant and speak to it and the plant will begin to... You're not even speaking to the plant for eight hours a day. You're just speaking to the plant one time while you're watering the plant and the plant begins to... And never realizing that your body is made out of the same stuff as the plant. And we got enough sense to speak to a plant, but we ain't got enough sense to speak to the bodies that we live in. Oh, trust me, I mean, I got my rebuke first. I mean, it's... Yeah, see, I get it first, and then y'all get it second. And I get it longer. I get it over a period of days. I got to write the notes down and then pause and then repent myself. <laughs> okay? And see, to the unbeliever and to the carnal question, this is stupid. First of all, we're not in a war because we ain't shooting nobody. Second of all, I'm not, how are you going to win a war by praising? How are you going to win a war by confessing? I don't even believe in the individuals you said that we are fighting. I know. Because they whispered in your ear, I don't believe. And the Holy Spirit just, I'm telling you, None of this was planned. Holy Spirit gave me all of this. Well, based on also this little part here teaching that I listened to also that helped. But, but y'all, anybody that plays video games, see, watch this. People say, oh, it's stupid, it's stupid. But, but y'all, how many of you know that when you watch these kids, I used to love to play Xbox Live with the military thing. That thing was so on real. It was just unbelievable how real that was. And I could play with people in Italy and China and Russia. I mean, just you name it, you know, up 2 o'clock in the morning fighting battles. You know, and, and it was it was exhilarating. It was wonderful. If I played Xbox Live, I could play for hours. If I just played a game, I can't play it at all. I mean, because it really was. I mean, there were lots of ex-military people. I mean, that, when you get into it, that stuff was very serious. That was years ago. Okay. And so, but guess what, guess what I was doing? I was in another dimension in a full-scale war, hiding from people, sniping at people, I mean, just running, I mean, using equipment in this realm, radar would show me where the person was on the screen. It was unreal. But even though that was a full-scale war, it was in another dimension while I was pushing buttons. I really wasn't fighting. I was just pushing buttons. I was just pushing buttons. And just by pushing buttons, I'm controlling a whole warfare situation in another dimension called the digital world. And yet, when it comes to the real war, it's in another dimension 
and you can't see the dimension. All they tell you is you can tell when the enemy is shooting at you because they're going to always come down the road of your mind. And whatever you hear that's not lining up with the Bible, they said you're going to have to cast it down. You're going to have to capture it like you capture warriors. And then you're going to have to speak to it. And that's how you warfare. You warfare with the words in your mouth. So people, people think, I don't want to praise God. I've had people tell me I'm a word person. I don't give God. I don't, I don't praise God like that. Okay, well, guess what? You, you, in, the, you in the war with a water gun. They use certain weapons for certain things. Come out in the name of the law. He won't come out. They don't shoot their way in. They go get one of those big old things where they just coming in whether you want to or not. In certain situations, you ever seen a situation on TV? They don't come to the front door. They call one of those great big old tanks and they just pull the side of your house down. <laughs> Since you don't want to come out. Because you're going to come out. Same verse, but from the New Living Translation. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds. So they're real strongholds. They're just invisible strongholds. And because you're in this dimension, if you were in that dimension, you can feel it. You really could feel it, but you can't because you're not in that dimension because of this physical body. It says, oh, I'm sorry, wrong words. So we knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. This lets you know that thoughts are not just thoughts. Thoughts are living things that begin to erect buildings in the invisible realm. And next thing you know, you have built your own stronghold against you. Now, let me give you an example of how this actually happened to me Sunday. Literally. Big time. We've been doing a lot here lately, just preparing for everything, just between the, just, you know, just busy. Everybody's busy. I ain't just busy. Come on, Pastor, you busy too. <laughs> you know, but just, I woke up Sunday, and when, and when I woke up, um, when I woke up, I felt so tired on the, it was a different type of time. I felt so tired on the inside. I felt like I might not make it that day if I preached. So I woke up and, and just, it was, it was like it was right in here. I just felt so tired. I felt so tired on the inside. And, and the thought crossed my mind, if you preach today, because of the way that you feel, something negative might happen. I mean, that's the way that I felt. So I moved over to the bathroom area, and then when I got in the shower, twice I almost said out of my mouth, man, I am so tired on the inside. See how that's just casual like that? I almost said it twice. It, it, I almost said it, and then I caught myself. And then I almost said it again, and I caught myself. And then I was alarmed at the fact, why am I catching myself? It was the Holy Ghost helping me, or an angel helping me, you know what I'm saying? And so as I'm taking the shower and getting every, I, I, this is what I begin to, I never said it out of my mouth. What I remembered is what the word says. The Bible says, did not the Bible say ask for grace 
in your time of need? Well, what did I need right there? Strength. Did not the Bible said, Father, I pray that you might strengthen us with the might or the strength that comes from above? See? So I'm standing there and take a shower and I'm just like, Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, I give you thanks that you are empowering me by your grace. I ask for mercy this morning. I ask for grace this morning. I ask for empowerment that comes from heaven this morning. I ask that you would strengthen me with the same strength that runs from heaven this morning. And I'm just saying it over and over again, over and over and over again. So by the time I got to the church, I felt like I had been asleep for three days. Because I really wasn't that tired. I got up that morning. And apparently, see, let me say this was something that's so dangerous about waking up. There are times when the enemy works on your mind as you wake up. Because the, 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 we got to wake you up when you're not that coherent and, and, and the thought is just a little subtle. And, and, and you kind of have heard the thought, but it still produced the same feeling. And that's why you have to be careful with the first things that you say waking up in the first thing in the morning. And so I wake up with this feeling because the thought had already happened. And now I'm getting ready to enforce it by just casually saying, because he had whispered in my ear, I'm so tired on the inside. And that would have multiplied into something, folk. Okay? And so, I mean, and that's how you do it. When, when whatever it is that's there, if, if it's depression, what does the scripture say about depression? Oh, he gave me the garment of praise. I don't have anything to be depressed about. Depression is just simply you looking at your circumstances differently than the way God looks at it, by the way. Depression for most of it. Fear. God has not given me the spirit of fear. Okay. In the scripture, it said that they prayed for boldness. And it says that when the church prayed for boldness, an earthquake happened. How many know that'll make you bold? You're in a situation and you pray and an earthquake happens. And you're like, do y'all know who I am? Don't y'all see what just happened up in the air? Y'all understand what I'm saying? And so, and, and guess what? You don't always have to know the scripture all the time. Just speak the opposite of what you feel. If you feel confused, stop saying you're confused. But if you want to know the scripture, the Bible says, if any man is confused, let him ask for wisdom. So instead of you talking about you are confused, as soon as you think that, Father, I thank you that I have wisdom. I know. Y'all remember the scripture that says you have an anointing from above and you know everything? So why would you ever say what you don't know? Now imagine this thing is planting this in your mind every day and you're just repeating it. Ah. You can always tell by when you start saying ah. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> and guess what? They are masters that convincing you that when you leave here, they're not really speaking to you like that. And when you think that, you don't even know that it was him telling you that. I'm going to keep on saying this because you don't value yourself that high. Oh, man, if I sold tapes, I would buy it myself today. Boy, I tell you, this is some... So that happened to me Sunday. I mean, and I, and I mean, it's, I've been dealing with that though every day, all day. They keep trying to get me to take something. The biggest thing they keep trying, the, the number one thing that they've been working me on is they keep trying to get me to take COVID. They just keep trying. 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 They keep trying. That the next thing you know, if you don't put it in check immediately, guess what you start thinking about? A plan B. 
They just keep trying. It's the number one thing. Keep trying all day long. Father, you have ordained for all six of us to be there. Therefore, there is no temptation from hell that's going to stop us from getting there. I have to keep saying that over again. Father, I thank you that none. And when I'm doing the confession, I'm not even overly focusing on virus. Oh, Father, we're not going to get the virus. 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 We rebuke the virus. We put the anointing on the virus. The blood of Jesus against the virus. The Holy Ghost against the virus. Jesus against the virus. AIDS against the virus. All of heaven against the virus. You're focusing on the virus. I can only imagine how that looked, Chad. I probably look really, really. I don't think about how it looks until I actually do it. Matthew 6.31 Therefore take no thought by saying what shall we eat? What shall we drink? How are we going to be clothed? See, when you make statements like that, it's doubt. It's not faith. If you run into a situation where you have no food, you should not say, what are we going to eat? You should immediately say, Father, I give you thanks because you said that you are obligated to take care of your children because David said, I've never seen the children of God begging and suffering from a lack to eat. That's what you're supposed to say. What are we going to wear? You're not supposed to say that. That's doubt talking because you don't know. And that's very sad when the Bible tells you you actually know everything. If you know, so just, I don't know at this moment. Tell people, I got to think about it. But that's how you take a thought. He, they tried to get me to take that thought Sunday morning. Man, I'm just so tired on the inside. And guess what? When I said that, I would have believed that. You understand what I'm saying? I would have believed that. I would have, watch this. I would have only said it because I would have believed it in the first place. What did Paul said? He said, the law of faith says, I believe, therefore I speak. So they come to you in first person. You know, you're tired. Man, I'm just so tired. You, you know why you said that? Because you believe you're tired. Never realizing that you can change your reality based on what you believe, not based on what you have done. I mean, you see, never mind. That's how you take a thought. So if you can take a thought by saying, you can rebuke a thought by saying. It's all about what you said. Understand? Graphic. When a thought is received, it works like a magnet, and it begins to draw forces in, into being to turn the thought into reality. I hope I didn't misword that. It says, when a thought is received, it works like a magnet. It begins to draw forces into being to turn the thought into reality. Next graphic. Many doctors agree that the majority of sickness and disease can be traced to the thoughts in the mind. Next graphic. The devil will plant a thought in your mind that something is wrong with your body and then accompany that thought with a physical sensation called feelings. Sometimes the thought is so subtle you barely heard it. That is his mastery over mankind. Plant the thought and then give him a sensation. You do realize you can make another human being feel almost anything. 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, my wife likes her shoulders to be rubbed, okay? And depending on how I do it, okay, she wants her shoulders to be rubbed, I can make it feel nice or I can make it feel painful. But either way, I can produce the sensation. And the sensation will determine how she feels even more. You understand what I'm saying? So imagine a spirit that has been around longer than time itself. <laughs> they existed before time started. And his only objective is to watch you. And you don't think that he can push buttons to make you feel any type of way he wants you to feel at any given moment? How many of you mad and don't even know why you're mad? Depressed and don't even know why you're depressed. All of a sudden you become afraid and don't even know why. I've been driving for 30 years and now I'm afraid to get on the freeway. I'm going to read that again. The devil will plant a thought in your mind that something is wrong with your body and then accompany that thought with a physical sensation called feelings. Sometimes the thought is so subtle you can barely hear it or you barely heard it. Next graphic. The moment you receive a thought, the body tries to carry it out because the body is constantly trying to carry out the dictates of the mind, but you are simply not aware of it. Did not the Bible says, out of your heart flows the stuff that's in your life right now. And see, what's happening is, is that you have a lot of Christians that they confess right, but they feel and think wrong. And even the occult will tell you that all three have to line up. And if all three line up, they say you can manifest anything. And so this is the reason why the unbeliever talks so much about the universe now, because they're getting the result without Jesus. They just know. How many of y'all watch The Secret? The Law of Attraction. That's the first thing they teach you. They said you must believe it, you must feel it, and you must think it, and you must say it. They said if your feelings don't line up, that means you don't believe it. If you got a bill that needs to be paid tomorrow and your electricity is going to be cut off and I tell you that I'm going to give you the $100 at the end of the service, how many know your feelings will change? Why did your feelings change? Because you believe what I said. If you didn't believe what I said, your feelings won't change. So you got to spend enough time in the word to where your feelings change. So it means, which means sometimes you got to live there. Last scripture, Romans 12, 2. This scripture told you, be not conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the road that the devil keeps riding on to transform your life into what he wants it to be. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You got to prove it. Okay? Prove it. You can prove anything as long as you renew your mind. But think about that. He said the transformation process is the mind. Okay? It's the mind. The mind is the only road to your heart. The first road is the eyes and the ears. But the eyes and the ears are like the gate to the road. It's the entrance. It's the toll. Okay? So the eyes and the ears. Okay? But then... The mind, that helps. That's why you have to be careful because there's like the eyes and the ears are like the side roads to help the devil put. He knows what you've been looking at so he knows what to plant. 
And then sometimes we give the devil ammunition because of what we're saying. Y'all know what I'm saying? Okay. But that's how you can change anything. Okay. <clears throat> so I just wanted to share that with you. Leave you a nice little bomb before I come back. <laughs> You know, you want to hear something crazy? I was thinking about this Sunday. <laughs> Excuse me. I'll show you just how, how strong that presence is. It's the number one thing Christians will have to accept. Is he that real or not? Is he really on my case like that or not? I just work a regular job and I just, it has nothing to do with your job. <laughs> just trying to tell people this. But it's amazing. People will go to a doctor, and whatever that doctor tells them, they will do. If he tells them you got to come back in three days, they come back in three days. If he tells them you got to take this medication and take it once a day, they take that medication and they take it once a day. If they tell you you got you to drink some blue dye and fast three days before your appointment, guess what you do? You fast. As soon as the man tells you to fast, all of a sudden you have the ability to fast. And you, you drink the blue dye. No matter what the doctor tells you, you do it. Someone did you wrong, you hire a lawyer. And the lawyer tells you, well, we're going to have to do this, we're going to have to do this, we're going to have to do this. And you do it. We need you to supply us with this, this, and this. And you do it. We got to practice what it's going to look like with going to court. It's going to take this amount of hours, so you do it. It's going to cost this amount of thousands of dollars. And so you pay it. When it comes to coaching, the coach tells you, watch this. I got two kids right now that's playing basketball. If that coach tells them, now when we meet back for practice in three days, you should have done 300 layups and you need to have done 200 free throws. Guess what the kid will do? 250 layups and 400 free throws. Whatever the coach tells the kid to do, kid does whatever the coach tells the kid to practice the kid practices are y'all following me how many I ever wanted alone alone for a house tell you uh, how many know when you get alone in the house they want everything and I mean everything what does my dead goldfish from three years ago that I didn't pay for have to do with this loan everything and what do you do? You give them everything. Guess what? They say you're not even qualified. So guess what you got to do? You got to pay us 60 to $80 a month so we can clean up your credit. What do you do? You can't afford it. So you give them 60 to $80 a month to clean up your credit. Don't even know if they're doing it. And, and say, you, now that you have to clean up your credit, guess what? All of a sudden now you know how to get out of debt because you got to pay off this credit card. And guess what? You start paying on it. They tell you, don't buy any new items. So guess what? Doesn't care what Macy says. You're not shopping. Are y'all following me? And they ask for this paperwork and that paperwork and this paperwork. And any of you know, sometimes you get to the closet and they say, we can't do it. We got another wait, wait another month. Why? Because we need another pair of your taxes. My wife doing really say because she gets it all the time. Uh, uh, we need the taxes from this year, not this year. Uh, so what do you do? You wait. And you try to get the taxes to come in. And no matter what they do, you do. If you go to renew your license and they tell you, uh, you drove a whole hour and you don't have the right paperwork, you might have a bad attitude. But what, guess what you do? You drive all the way back home and you schedule to come back up there another day. 
You know why you do all of this? Because these are things that you want. But everybody wants prosperity but won't follow the directions from God. Everybody wants to be healed but won't meditate the word day and night. Everybody wants peace and joy and depression but they won't follow the rules when it comes to praise to get rid of the depression. When it comes to the world, we follow everything they do. When it comes to God who has everything we want, we don't do it. Why? Because there's an enemy sitting on your lap and on your back telling you, you're tired. <laughs> Some of y'all looking like mad, sad, convicted, relieved all at the same time. Some of y'all mad at the devil. That's what you. If I'd have been doing this years ago, y'all get my point? That proves it's an invisible army. Because if you're sitting in here and you drove through traffic on a Wednesday night when the sun is shining outside, it's because there's something in you that wants everything that God has for you. But for some reason, you find yourself not obeying the instructions for everything you want. Why? That's what happens when you're in a war. You can't just get it by sitting. You got to get it by fighting. You understand what I'm saying? So, all right. And with where this ministry is going, you're going to have to know how to block that fool out. The Lord can take you to a lot of high places if you can learn how to reject those thoughts. I don't care what it is. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how long it is. I don't care how small it is. And I don't care how subtle it is. If it does not line up, the when it comes to confusion, the Bible said, if any, it didn't say anything about confusion except for, I did not give you the confusion, therefore ask me for wisdom. When it comes to you being afraid, what did he say? I didn't give you the spirit of fear, so ask for boldness. When it comes to healing, he said, I don't put sickness on you. That's something else. Meditate the word day and night, get in faith, and then I will heal you. And I give you laying on the hands, anointing of oil, all of those different types of mechanisms. I'm broke. Guess what? I'm not the one who gives you poverty because the devil comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. I'm the one who came to give you life more abundantly. So guess what? Find out what you need to do in order to sow seed. But one of the things you definitely don't want to do is stop talking about what you don't have. I'm broke. I don't have any more money in the bank. Just that statement is stupid. You know why? Because money is constantly going in and out of your bank. It's something that you all need to remember. The amount of money that you have is never in your bank account. The amount of money that you have is always in God's hand. Because at any given moment, he can release money out of his hand. It's folk holding some of your money right now and you don't even know it. You understand what I'm saying? But you keep thinking this is all of the money that I have. Why? There you are human again thinking that you're limited to the money that you make. But pretty much everybody in here has gotten some type of financial blessing, mysteriously, you know, amazingly, or from a brother or a sister, or even a stranger on the street. You've got some. And was that your money? No, but somebody gave you that money. But if you got to, it's a mindset that you get into where you recognize, oh, I'm not a slave, I'm a king. Yeah, kings own everything. Kings own everything. <laughs> and they say everything that they want to say. And they expect it to happen. And if you can actually, and if you can, if you can actually get into that flow without being religious, ah, choo, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. No, you're not. You just said that to try to make us, I don't know what that is. I'm head not to tell. That is true, but you don't believe that. 
Your tail been dragging around for the last 10 years. Don't you know, it's, it's people just say stuff. That's why I'm not, I'm, I mean, that's why when I'm on the street, people never know I'm a preacher. Not because I'm out there doing some crazy stuff, but I just, I'm not doing all of that religious talk. I just don't. I believe stuff, so I just walk in it. And when the enemy has attacked me, then I talk back. Besides that, I ain't got nothing else to say. If you want to say praise the Lord instead of good morning, that's you. I'm going to just say what's happening. How many know I've looked at you and said, hey, what's happening? I have never said praise the Lord. But there's nothing wrong with saying praise the Lord. Whatever. Y'all taking this the wrong way. There is nothing wrong with saying praise the Lord. If that's you, that's just not me. I'm just chilled out like that. I'm just like a regular person, you know. Just Sometimes I forget I'm a pastor, literally. Coming up here and I'm like, oh, that's right. <laughs> I'm just, I don't let this stuff get to me. I'm just, y'all understand what I'm saying. Okay, so I'm just encouraging you. Okay. There's one thing that you must know about Satan, and then you can go. He does believe that he can beat you. Don't ever get that wrong. You know why he believes that he can get you? Because he already got someone that was better than you. And that was Adam. He got Adam before he sinned. So surely I can get you when your body is still not redeemed and your mind is still not renewed. That's how they think. And they really do believe because they realize, you gotta realize they've gotten some of the best. They've gotten some of the best Christians. The Bible, they, watch this, they got Saul in the Bible. They got Gehazi, they got Judas, and he was one of Jesus' disciples. To be totally honest with you, they got Peter. Y'all see what I'm saying? They got, at one point, they got all the disciples because they all deserted Jesus. So this is the thing. They're like, oh, we can break them. I mean, I'm telling you, I've heard this several times that Satan really does believe that there's some type of way through some type of legal loophole that he can get us because he already got us once through a legal loophole when Adam messed up. And you got to realize, you know, and, see, and see, Adam is just like the little cheese cake after the full meal. Be totally honest with you, this is how Satan thinks. Do y'all realize who I am? I convinced one out of three angels to roll with me while they were in heaven. So who the heck do you think you are living in darkness? Say so they're gonna keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on. It's arrogance. I got the angels. I almost got Jesus. I got Judas and I got Saul. I got all those kingdom kings. I even got Samson. I even got David at one point. He almost lost it all when he slept with that woman and had that man killed on purpose. I got Cain. You understand how they think? I almost got Job. I'm letting you know this is how they think. So they got a record of the ones that they got. And watch this, what he'll always be able to say. Your own Lord and Savior told you that there would be less that went to heaven than those that went to hell. So in his mind, I got most of the planet because even Jesus said there would be few that made it in, not all. That's how they think. We got more than Jesus. <laughs> I'm telling you how they think. They straight up arrogant. And they're arrogant because they got a track record to go by. So then when, you, when, you, then when they run into a church like this, they got a problem because they actually believe that we're arrogant because we won't be in. Look at these fools. This is how they talk to you. Look at these fools sitting up here keeping the church open. They're supposed to close that church. 
It's amazing how they talk to us. They talk to us like we're the ones evil and they're the ones righteous. We would look at every movie on television and the dark side is looking at the light like they're the ones wrong. See? So I'm, I'm telling you, that's why he's going to come after you. They, they'll never be satisfied until they get the last one. But that's how, that's how Satan thinks. I got, I got one out of every three angels in heaven. <laughs> and I'm so good, I got Adam before they even had a chance to have children. And then I got to one of his children. I tricked Eve. And Adam fell for it. <laughs> and turned the planet over to me. And then I got their kids. And, and, and then I was able to corrupt the planet so bad that God had to come in and kill everybody. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is how they think. Arrogance. But they think we arrogant because we won't bend. And that's the war. A war of arrogance. The ones who are arrogant enough to believe God and the ones who are arrogant enough to think they can beat the ones that God gave birth to. And so the end is him being thrown into the lake of fire with all of the demons. And God saying, think about your arrogance in that. Hey, so how many glad to be on the Lord's side? So remember, that's the mentality. That's why they're never going to stop. They're not, they're not basing it on your job and how much money you have. They'll use all of those things against you. But it's not based on that. It's based on who you are. And, and they have a huge problem with the fact that they got all of those other individuals, but they haven't got you yet. And they're gonna, they're gonna, it'll never stop. All you'll do is get stronger. There is a statement in a movie that I thought was pretty good. He said, you never really get rid of your demons. You just learn to live above them. There's some truth in that statement. Okay? Now, the ones that are with the end, you can get them out. We ain't talking about that. But the ones that are without, you never get rid of them. You just learn to live so far above them, you can't hear them anymore. So they get replaced. So, but hey, I'm glad to be in the battle. I'm glad to be on the Lord's side. That's one of the reasons why I like going to the gun range and setting up all. I just love warfare stuff. But the whole kingdom of God is based on a war. The whole thing, all of it is based on warfare. You study the scripture carefully, it's always talking about war, war, war. How many of you know, they shed enough blood in the Old Testament to fill every milk carton in every grocery store in the planet. So, and the first thing that Jesus come back, it says that that army that is trying to attack Jerusalem, it says Jesus shows up with an army on white horses. Some of that's going to be us. I don't know if he'll give us a choice to stay in heaven to come back. I don't know. And it says all Jesus, Jesus says one word, dead. And it says they literally melt. And it says it's so much blood, it rises to the horse's bridle. That's a lot of bloodshed. In case you think that Jesus is the prince of peace, but he's also the prince of, Jesus is the prince of peace, but he's also a man of war. First time he came was as a prince of peace. But the second time he's coming as a man of war. Okay, so to, to, to back off our enemies, to once and for all, just settle this. I let my children warfare against you so I could show you and them the victory that is found within light. But we're tired of the war now. Today it ends. All of you go to hell. And then it ends. I wish this was the type of Christianity that I grew up on. 
but I'm glad I'm getting it now. How about you? Because this changes your perspective every day. Let's go ahead and stand. Get up out of here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. So let's just lift our hands to say a final prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. I thank you, O oh Lord God, for giving us revelation. I thank you that all of our experiences are rubbing off on each other. All of our experiences are teaching each other. All of our dreams and visions and even our mistakes and the things that we make mistakes on are helping each other. Thank you, O oh Lord God, that you are causing us to be stronger and stronger and stronger. We repent of all of the things that we produced with the words of our mouth that was planted by the voice of our enemy, the one who whispers in the form of first person to convince us that it's us and not him. So, Lord God, we cancel and, and uproot anything that we planted based on the voice of the enemy. The degrading of our bodies, the weakness that is in our bodies that was produced by our own mouth, the sickness and disease that was produced by our own thoughts, left unchecked, the feelings that we flowed with that caused us to make bad financial decisions, the depression that we operated in that caused us to miss the frequency by which you had sent the answer. Thank you, Lord God, for this teaching, helping us to be aware that the enemy seeks to destroy us and we thank you, O oh Lord God, for your mercy, because we have all made this mistake in several different areas. But we give you thanks, O oh Lord God, that if you have blessed us while we were talking wrong, if you have blessed us while we were thinking wrong, if you have increased us while we were making wrong decisions, how much more? So we thank you, O oh Lord God, that as, as Lorana and I, as representatives, O oh Lord God, of this great ministry that you have created, as we go, oh Lord God, over to the other side of the planet. Oh God, I thank you, Father God, for a new and fresh anointing, a grace. Oh, I thank you, oh Lord God, that there'll be a new way operating in every household, whether it's here or those who follow us online. I thank you, Lord, that something is going to be passed out on that side. Something is going to be passed out. Something, oh Lord God, that the enemy is so afraid of that four armies are attacking me at the same time. But I thank you, Lord God. It matters not if it's four million armies. No man can stop anything that God has ordained. I thank you, Lord God, that many of us have come near and far from all different type of roads and circumstances and situations and negative occurrences. The list goes on what you have brought us from. But we declare, oh Lord God, that as this ministry that you have engrafted us into, steps into their promised land. I thank you, O Lord God, that as they step in, we step in with them. These will be the days of perpetual victory, perpetual increase, perpetual multiplication, perpetual domination. Thank you, O Lord God, for this. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. My wife and I were talking earlier about that statement, and we were preaching to each other. And we were like, the wilderness was the place where the people were disobedient. But in their disobedience, did not God say not one of them died from sickness and disease? Did not in that place of the wilderness, the Bible said they left Egypt with all the silver and the gold? Did not in that place of the wilderness while they were constantly disobeying God, that he rained down supernatural food from heaven? 
Did not the scriptures say that their clothes never even wore out? Did not you see the Lord fight battle after battle for them and it mattered not who came against them, he protected them? And that was the wilderness. He poured out all of that power in the wilderness. But oh God, when you see Joshua show up, Joshua got so tired of stomping on the devil's head, he went to God and said, Lord, I'm tired. I'm tired of winning. I'm tired. And the Lord said, don't matter if you're tired. He said, I got much more. Do you realize when we get ready to go to, you're going to get tired of walking in victory. You're going to get tired of increase. You're going to get tired of, oh, Lord. People are going to come in for counseling. What you need? I think something's wrong with me. What's wrong? I'm just happy all the time. I ain't never sad. I'm not never broke. I'm not never sick. My relative said I'm not even getting older. I think it's something wrong. I think I got kidnapped by an alien the other day. They put some heebie-jeebie on me. That's where you're going. What was the last prayer that Jesus said? Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So I'm ready. Hallelujah. All right. So, Father, in Jesus' name, as we leave this place, let the peace of God go with them. Keep them all from harm and danger. Thank you, O Lord God, that we know now, we are aware now, which will make it extremely difficult for the enemy to plant now. So we declare that everything that has been planted is uprooted. And I thank you, Lord God, that now our soil will no longer accept demonic seed. Thank you, O Father God, that his words cannot grow in this type of soil. The only thing that can grow in this type of soil is the word of God, which exists and remains forever. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Give somebody a hug. Tell them to have a good night. See y'all this weekend.